All right. Well, welcome. This is the first episode of Politics in Neutral, a uh, new podcast, which is hosted by me, J.B. Pierce. And we are going to examine politics uh, from, just like it sounds from a neutral perspective. We're going to be objective and we're going to praise when it's deserved and criticize when it's deserved. And it's not going to matter whether someone is a Democrat or Republican or independent. Well, let's start with our first person who uh, gets praised today, and that's our president. Uh, we'll start right at the top with President Trump. Now, you saw yesterday on Friday that the uh, we had a two and a half million jobs uh, and unemployment dipped to, I believe, 13.6%. Now, I believe that those two and a half million jobs were really just people who were coming back to the jobs that were uh, suspended because of the pandemic. But nevertheless, they came back. And as a result of them coming back and as a result of the businesses uh, open uh, or opening, uh, which provided them the opportunity to come back, the stock market reacted. And I think that if we're going to give the president blame for uh, when things go poorly with the economy, we have to give him credit uh, for when they go well. And this will be a trend as uh, more and more businesses open that uh, the unemployment rate will uh, decrease. Um, more and more people will become obviously become employed and he's going to reap the benefits from that. And it's something that Democrats should pay particular attention to. Uh, so congrats to him. Now at the same time, he also gets our first Minus of a day, uh, President Trump, uh, when discussing the George Floyd situation, uh, stating that he, he thinks uh, George would be uh, looking down and, and be pleased about the economy. Um, to combine these two situations, to completely misunderstand uh, the impact uh, of the death of George Floyd and to somehow uh, combine it with economic data uh, shows a complete misunderstanding of the state of race relations in this country at this time. Uh, to say it was tone deaf would be uh, an insult to being tone deaf. Um, and uh, again, just a complete misunderstanding of, of, of the situation and a really unfortunate, uh, unfortunate thing to say. Uh, but let's turn back to the positives, and we'll go with uh, the governor of Florida here, Ron DeSantis. Now, when you talk about being opportunistic, and I mean that in the best way possible, you have to give praise to this governor. Um, the NBA was looking for a place to play, and the NBA is, of course, in two different countries and spread over a number of states, and Florida, under the leadership of Governor DeSantis, uh, took the initiative and really partnered with the NBA uh, and Disney uh, to provide an opportunity for the entire NBA to play in one place, and that place is in his state. Uh, the entire sporting world's focus will be on Florida, and there will be a significant positive impact to the Florida economy because of that. And it also gives him the rep reputation, and deservedly so, 
of someone who can pivot and uh, think creatively to solve big problems. Uh, America really needs sports, and they will have the governor of Florida to thank in large part for the return of the NBA. So he definitely gets uh, high marks uh, today. Uh, turning back to one of our minuses, let's go to another governor, and that's Governor Whitmer of Michigan now. If you've been following this at all, Michigan has been one of the slowest states to open, and uh, in large part because certainly the city of Detroit and, and Wayne County has been hit uh, very hard by COVID. Nevertheless, Michigan's a big state, and the governor uh, has really uh, probably taken too much time in opening the states, her state, especially compared with neighboring states. Um However, she did make time to open up the northern part of the Lower Peninsula. For those of you who are unfamiliar, northern Michigan is a, a vacation spot. There are lakes, there are uh, a lot of boating, a lot of water skiing, that sort of thing. And, and let's talk about Val Demings, a congresswoman from Florida. Uh, congresswoman Demings is an African-American um, Congresswoman from the Orlando area, former police chief, incredibly intelligent and articulate. She was a uh, impeachment manager uh, during the case, impeachment proceedings against President Trump, uh, in which she acquitted herself incredibly. Um, I believe she will be the vice presidential nominee with Joe Biden. Uh, and quite frankly, he could not pick a better running mate. Uh, she is intelligent, articulate, uh, and has a wonderful background and story. And I think uh, if you had said, uh, would the police chief of Orlando become the vice president of the United States uh, in five years? I, I don't think there's many people that would take that bet, but uh, she's certainly in line to do that. And, and I predict, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb here that she is going to be the nominee. Uh, let's talk about uh, a state or a, or a candidate who's having a hard time, and that's Martha McSally. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Martha McSally is the uh, Republican senator from Arizona. Uh, she was appointed to that seat when John Kyle uh, retired. She was appointed by Governor Ducey. And interestingly, uh, Senator McSally had lost a race uh, previously to the uh, current sitting senator, who's a Democrat in Arizona, and despite her loss, uh, Governor Ducey thought it would be a good idea to appoint her to uh, the vacancy created when John Kyle retired. Now, uh, it probably wasn't a good idea at the time. Uh, it became even a worse idea when the Democrats nominated Mark Kelly, a uh, former NASA astronaut, uh, to run against her. Uh, Kelly is currently polling about 13 points ahead of her, and looks like all but a shoo-in to flip that seat blue. Now, this will certainly have an impact in Arizona, uh, but it could have an impact beyond uh, who is a senator from Arizona. Would it, it will uh, put the entire Senate in play as the Democrats uh, only need a few seats to flip it, and so the Senate will, majority will be in jeopardy. And Arizona, which went for President Trump in 2016, now is in jeopardy of going blue uh, because of the great campaign that Kelly is running and the uh, 
affection uh, that the Arizona uh, populace has for him, there's a great fear that that will uh, sort of go up the ticket in this case and carry Joe Biden uh, to victory in that state. You know, usually the president has people ride on his coattails or her coattails. But in this case, I think what we're going to see is uh, Joe Biden benefit from Kelly far more than the reverse. And Kelly's popularity will not only bring him a win, but could bring the Democrats to the Senate and, quite frankly, could bring Arizona into the Democratic column in the presidential race. Uh, let's talk about somebody who, who had a, who gets a plus for the week or for the day, and that's Joe Biden. Uh, we spoke earlier about uh, President Trump um, and how he mishandled uh, the George Floyd situation and his tone-deaf comments, you know. Uh, Joe Biden has problems as a candidate. Uh, that is undeniable. But but what is for certain is he is uh, empathetic and it's authentic. And at a time when this country is hurting and, and needs healing, uh, someone who exudes empathy, uh, who will sit as the commander-in-chief and the leader of our country, uh, is very appealing. And someone who could be the healer in chief uh, and Joe Biden does fit that bill uh, is someone who is appealing. And so the circumstances are right for someone who is authentic and empathetic. And uh, that is something that Joe Biden excels in. Again, he certainly has his problems as a candidate, but when it comes to being human uh, and sharing people's pain, uh, he is formidable, to say the least, uh, because of his life story and his authenticity. And finally, our last sort of minus for the day is going to be the HEROES Act. Now, the HEROES Act was passed by the Democratic-controlled House of Representatives. It's sort of the second iteration of the stimulus, which was passed a few weeks ago. And the HEROES Act provides about $3 billion uh, worth of funds for, for different uses, essentially a second round of, of a stimulus. Now, the Democrats would know that this bill uh, would be, as President Trump said, dead on arrival. Uh, I believe that it was the Democrats' hope to sort of put pressure on the Republicans uh, to come close in a compromise situation to what they had passed. However, since the passage of that bill, because of the rebound of the stock market and the better jobs market, uh, the things that are contained in the HEROES Act seem uh, less and less necessary and more and more extraordinary. I think while everyone would agree that a second stimulus is necessary, uh, the HEROES Act voted on some time ago, uh, the playing field has changed. And it is now... Uh, incumbent on the Democrats to come up with something more realistic and necessary uh, based upon current conditions. And they're going to have to work with the Republicans to do that because the HEROES Act is, in fact, dead on arrival. So that's it. So that's what we're going to do here in this podcast. We're going to go through about somewhere between half dozen and a dozen uh, different winners and losers for the day or the couple days. And we'll probably have a new podcast about every other day or maybe every day if uh, the situation permits. Um, I would 
point you to at JB Pierce 2020, uh, which is my Twitter handle at JB Pierce 2020. Or you can send me an email if you like at politicsandneutral at gmail.com. And we really appreciate listening and we will be back with another episode uh, very soon. Enjoy your day. Be safe.